0: Alright, hey uh, uh, teammates, uh, welcome to another edition of TAG Talks, where uh, myself, uh, General Greg Johnson, TAG 63, uh, talks with just some wonderful uh, teammates from TAG about topics that impact uh, the Army and our soldiers. Um, so this episode, which is Episode 5 of our Season 2, is really going to focus again on board process. We've, we've talked this in a, in a previous TAG Talk, but I really wanted to bring in a couple other folks uh, from TAG in our board room to talk uh, the board process and then a little bit about how that works um, from how we select members, how the actual board is executed, and maybe some of the the myths that that go on with the board process for the Army. And then really end a little bit talking uh, about adverse and and how, how that works in the board process. Uh, so today we have a couple of uh, just wonderful officers they're they're both majors uh major john Barry and then major becky miller um who are uh you know what's your formal title
1: board recorder sir.
0: board recorder um yeah you probably have to tell us what board recorder means too um but anyway so let's let's uh you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and then we'll get into some questions so john why don't you take away
1: uh roger sir so major john Barry, i'm a military police officer Board Recorder is part of the administrative staff that goes into execution of the board process. So we are there with the board members and part of that process. And we uh, are also signatories to the board report that is submitted up to the convening authority, uh, depending on who it is. So we're part of that process to ensure everything runs smoothly. So uh, not quite the same as a court reporter. Um, or some of those items in nature, but we uh, we ensure everything runs smoothly for the senior officers that come in.
0: Yeah, you're kind of making it happen. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, keeping us in line if you're sitting on a board and then making sure everything kind of runs on
1: time, right? Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, so how long have you been here?
1: Uh, two and a half years.
0: Yeah, so quite a while. So at this nice. point you're an expert. We can just hand the whole mic over to you and you can just talk for like four
1: hours. I probably could, sir, unconstrained, yes Yeah,
0: (laughs) unconstrained environment We're sitting in. Uh, Becky, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yes sir, Major Rebecca Miller. I am an engineer and I've been in the DA Secretariat for about a year and a half. Uh, For the position, uh, it is important to note that the board recorder's primary objective uh, is to maintain the integrity of the board. Uh, so, we are the gatekeepers to the process uh, to make sure that everything that happens in the boardroom uh, remains above reproach.
0: Yeah, pretty important. Yes. Yeah, pretty important to keep the, the process and the sanctity of the process in play, and we're following the rules. And then it's, you know, you can, you can essentially you know, defend how we've executed promotions, right? Correct, sir. Yeah, and how long have you been on the team?
2: So, it's been about a year and a half uh and i will be here for at least another year uh, and perhaps a little bit longer
0: yeah so curveball like how, how is this broadening you know assignment for, for either of you you know mp you know engineer um, if you had asked me a couple of years ago who's a board recorder i probably wouldn't have thought engineer officers mp officers <laughs> I, I i would think it's maybe only ag officers so how, how's this i'm
1: Uh, It's been an outstanding assignment for the knowledge you gain Um, so being able to understand and help mentor once you leave here so I also would have assumed that this was all AG officers until I got assigned here and really understood what our role and function is as the force so we the board recorders also make up the force so we have multi-component so active component reserve uh, both guard and army reserve in the assignment as board recorders so truly given that cross-section and then bringing our knowledge and experience of the population uh, to the job and then being able to take that back out to the field to express the same confidence that board members are able to express once they're allowed to discuss their experiences
0: yeah I mean there, there's there's a little bit of magic to that I think you know as you, you think through that right you know hey you, you come in and you do a great job you get broadened you understand more about you know things like evals and <laughs> just how, how, how this all kind of fits together, you know, for the Army. Um, and then you're out in the field and really helping people to understand, hey, this is how this works. Um, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of beauty there, I think. Becky, what has what, what your experience so far been? And be careful, right? You still got a little <laughs> bit of time here on the team. Uh,
2: so like John, I didn't really know much about the position, yeah. uh, and I didn't really know much about the DA secretariat, Uh, And when I did start to learn about the position, I also assumed uh, it was primarily for AG uh, officers. I think the beauty of it really is, like John said, the the cross section that we have downstairs, all three components are represented. And uh, it also, in addition to us being able to bring experience and knowledge back to the field we are able to share component information amongst ourselves so our teammates when they go back to the field have worked now with national guard personnel or reserve personnel who they may not have otherwise worked closely with so it also helps dispel some potential misconceptions about uh technical competence or uh, work ethic, you know, so it, it helps close that gap a little bit, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, total force. So you're executing a function for the whole army and the whole army is kind of all three components, right? right. Um, so I think that's what, what one of the cool things is of, of that job. And then you're doing like all boards, like, you, you know, I mean, you got enlisted evaluation boards, you got, you know, officer promotion boards, you. You've had traditionally the the CSL you know command select uh, stuff going on. Um, what else SSC for officers? You got a bunch of stuff in play, right? Yes, sir. So there, there's a lot there. Um, so you know, shameless plug on two fronts. One is like, hey, if you if you want to be really broadened and you're sitting, uh, you know, in the force, um, you know, every aim cycle, you, you know, um, et cetera. There's there's generally openings on this team and we're always looking for folks to to jump in and and shape how we're doing this and, you know, participate. So there's there's shameless plug, number one. Number two is we actually have a pretty good LPD, right, that we've already recorded, and we have it on our website. And, you know, for those, you know, looking, um, you know, we'll put the – We'll put this site up at some point, um, you know, on our social media as well that you can get to. Um, But it's about an hour long, and I I think it's really well done, and it walks through some of the mechanics. Um, So that's kind of shameless plug number two. Um, But for this Tag Talks, let's just talk a little bit about the board and the mechanics of it. Um, And then you guys can kind of maybe talk some myths and, you know, some truths, you know, as you go through it. But starting up front, you know, okay, so we we put a Milper message out that says, hey, there's a board coming up, you know, whatever it is. There's a Lieutenant Colonel board coming up. Maybe talk a little bit about how the board membership is selected and, and put in play for, for that board that's that, that ends up happening.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, probably start with one of the first myth is this building selects all the promotions and PMEs in schools. And that that is not true. That's um, human resources um, yes, command. Sorry, human the, resources command. The, uh,
0: the 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 big facility on the banks of the Ohio <laughs> in Kentucky.
1: Yes, sir. So um, Board members may come from HRC, but that's not where we start the the process. So, as building that membership, there's a lot of framework that goes into creating a board membership, depending on what type of board it is, but it all starts with Title X U.S. Code, which states that you must have five commissioned officers at a minimum senior to the considered population. Uh, From there, the Army has added additional policy and regulation guidance to ensure we have adequate representation of each uh, each competitive category that is within the population. So if it's an ACC board, Army competitive category, we'll have representation from OPS, OS, FS, and ID as that board membership. And then to further expand upon the representation of the population, we also have uh, demographic makeup uh, of the population to then ensure we have adequate representation in demographically uh, diversity, uh, gender on the makeup. That way it's not the same type, uh, especially now with the board results as they're published, contain the board member statistics uh, demographically. Uh, and they publish both now in those results that are re- released on the HRC website. Yeah,
0: and I think that's, that's probably pretty um, uh, good to note that hey, uh, the baseline of what we're doing is tied to statute code slash law, right? You know, the easy air quote is law. Um, and then we've layered in some policy on top of it. A lot of that policy is coming out of the DMPM, right, in, in the G1. Um, I don't don't ask me how to pronounce all the acronym there, but you know that that's really the policy arm of the G one um, sitting up in the Pentagon. There's a really tight connection with us with them, right?
1: yes, yeah, yeah, sir. There is, and actually a DMPM does relook and revalidate, taking in uh, all the proponencies and the convening authorities for the different boards, uh, and revalidates or adjusts depending on the changing nature of the army uh, those requirements for board membership. So. Uh, as we said earlier, the statutory minimum is five, uh, but in reality, the number of boards that only have five members is very small. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes they can be up to 10 times. If you're looking at the NCO evaluation board, there could be 60 uh, both sergeant majors and officers sitting that evaluation panel. So. It's really broad and diverse and really hones in to make sure it's the most fair and equitable process to the considered population.
0: Yeah, that last sentence is pretty key. Um, yeah, and I, you know, me looking at how
1: you guys are executing that,
0: I mean, it is pretty professional across the board you, you know, being executed. So yes, you know, kind of kudos to you to, to keep that all in play. And, but you know, at the end of the day, that's really the mandate of what you're doing as a board recorder, right? Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, okay. So, talk a little bit about what board members experience then as they as they come on. So, they get selected, right? They're told to show up. They show up, um, right? They're in civilian clothes. We're trying to, you know, keep people. Um, there's, we're not broadcasting who's on boards, um, right? We're trying to keep them um, a little sequestered into the, you know, the board process room where it's all done, right? You know, maybe talk a little bit about that their experience. Yeah. Sure.
2: Uh, so, day one, uh, the board members come in, and before they begin any record voting, they do receive a series of briefs from various subject matter experts here within Human Resources Command. Uh, and then additionally, they may receive branch briefs if they are specialty branches that are going to be seen uh, or s- nuanced. Um, CMFs that need to be discussed in the case of the NCO evaluation boards Uh, and those briefs include uh, from evaluations branch the finer points of evaluation interpretation and reading understanding the differences between small populations and immature profiles and where to find that information Uh, they receive a bias awareness brief that helps board members better identify potential biases within themselves, and that helps them better curb any tendency that they may have. They can identify it during the practice vote that we put them through. They also do receive briefs on the show cause process for officers, so they have a better understanding of the long-term or potential long-term ramifications of casting a particular type of vote uh, while they're in the boardroom. So the intent really is to make sure that board members are very educated and have an opportunity to ask questions prior to sitting down and casting their first vote for record. We do put them through a practice vote where they have an opportunity to see a variety of different types of files so anywhere from Top performers within a given field to. You, you
0: too, right? Yeah.
2: Yep, that's all day long, Sarah, <laughs> that's us. Uh, to perhaps mid tier performers, yeah. uh, you know, solid officers, but maybe not what a, a voter might typically consider a rock star. Uh, and then a smattering of perhaps files with derogatory information. And this better helps the voters identify what a specific numerical score means to them so that they can develop their own individual voter philosophy before moving into record voting. The intent here really is to maintain consistency throughout the process so every file is seen with the same set of rules that each individual voter has established for him or herself for the process.
0: Yeah, really important. And, you know, I mean, John, talk a little bit about the MOI, too, right? Because folks coming into this process, they're given the MOI, gives them some baseline, you know, instructions that's really set by SEC Army. Um, But that that helps lead into this kind of prep and then moving into the actual execution of the board.
1: Yes, sir. So they're able to read and review the MOI prior to them receiving those day one briefs, which really hone in what they're going to see, not how to interpret it or how to apply a score to it. That's really coming from the convening authority, primarily the secretary, but it could be the chief of the Army Reserve or the CSA, depending on what type of board it is. And that's gonna give the board their left and right limits as they execute the board, because the board as a whole, and as they develop that individual voter philosophy, cannot, cannot adopt a criteria that's not within uh, the secretary's MOI, because uh, that would be in violation of her guidance to the board. Uh, And when we get into the control measure, we'll talk about how that that is managed throughout the process, but the MOI really is the instruction to the board of what the Army is looking for as those best qualified officers or NCOs uh, as they're doing the evaluation uh, board just to really hone in how to stratify the population that's being considered.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you, and you, you're leading us to talking a little bit about control measures. So, yeah, just jump into that. Like what, what, what's in place to, to really kind of, you know, I would say manage yeah. the board. Um, but, you know, you, you probably have something more eloquent to say on that, John.
1: Uh, yes, sir. So we'll actually take a step back. So we started the conversation on MILPERS. The MILPERS is the guiding announcement that a board is going to occur. Uh, Within that mill porter, there's several cutoff dates. Uh, Sometimes they'll relate to promotion evaluations or complete the record evaluations. Those cutoff dates, uh, those are hard and true. So if an eval doesn't meet the cutoff date, that won't come into the board. So that's a control measure before the board even shows up Mm -hmm. day one. Uh, Same thing goes for the letters to the board president or letter in response to adverse. Uh, Very detailed instructions to the field on when they uh, their ability to influence their file ends. Uh, and then once we move into the board room, uh, we synchronize all the files so that everything that was submitted in accordance with the MILPER that should be available to the board for their deliberation is available. So we have the technolo- technology safeguards in place to protect the data aspect of it. And then once we move into um, the board, The board operates and is told prior to arrival and upon arrival in the MOI that they have to comply with various laws, DOTI policies and army regulation, all encapsulated within the MOI. Uh, And we'll, in those briefings, we provide them a concept briefing. Here for this particular mission is the secretary's guidance and bounds left and right. And we'll focus them in on the totality of the file and the totality of the MOI, because there's not one indicator that is an automatic select or an automatic non-select. It's the totality of the MOI applied when reviewing the officer's file. Um, Another control measure for the board process is that no one can appear and discuss items with the board at any time that's not approved by the secretary. So all those day one briefs, those are approved by the secretary. The people coming in to brief are approved by the secretary. Uh, And the key takeaway for that, just to bring it home of how important and safeguarded that process is even if secretary warmuth came to the board and gave guidance we would have to capture verbatim that guidance to the board and include it as part of the board report that was sent up so even she's the signatory of the moi we have to capture that down and that's all part of our sop and our regulations
0: yeah yeah really um i mean i i say it's stringent um but the MOIs change over time a little bit, right? Yes, sir. You know, so that we, we've seen that. But nevertheless, it really helps guide the specifics when we go in to execute the board. And then, obviously, the the biggest um, you know message out to the field is that initial mi- Milper, um, yes, sir. right? You get your my board file out of that. You know, you get your opportunity to to provide input uh, if you if you need to, um, which I think is also pretty important, right? You know, I know we're we're pushing the G ones and individuals out in the field pretty stringently now and what we'll do in the future is like, hey, go in and look at that my board file because it's, you know, one of those things that, you know, again, I didn't think that you guys would be sitting in this, like, you know, job, right, because you're not AG, you know, I, I would think everybody would look at their my board file, you know, before a promotion board or before an evaluation board, but that's not the case um so that's one of the the asks that we have for the field is that you know folks do that g1s focus on that s1s focus on that yes sir
1: um Um, what else we got so a couple more control measures just to really hone in because i think it can play into common myths that are out there uh so board members are advised early on and then we are in the boardroom at all times anytime a board member's in a room there's a recorder in the room yeah Uh, that's why if We have two recorders, we always have more than one recorder assigned to every board. Um, Board members can never discuss individual candidate files, and there cannot be any discussion of an individual voter philosophy. So if I was a board member, I couldn't say, I think a six plus is this and this is what it means to me, uh, because that may influence Major Miller's vote of that officer's file or officers of that nature. Uh, So we're in there to uh, control that discussion. The only exception to that are the specialty boards, Uh, General officer boards, which are authorized, personal knowledge, uh, but even that is very uh, constricted or regulated on what can be uh, talked about as far as that personal knowledge. Uh, But in the boardroom, we ensure there's no discussion um, within that. And then the last, really, the, the bring it home to the integrity of the process and the fair and equitable is every board member certifies to the recessing official and to the convening authority that it was fair and equitable, they selected the best uh, officers or NCOs to meet the needs of the army, and that appropriate consideration was given to both to all candidates to include those with joint and adverse information. So they certify that at the end of the mission, uh, each time, just to ensure we started at a baseline of where we were day one, and now we're five days to thirty days into the process, and we still agree with that assessment, and they certify that.
0: Yeah, you no, know, that's that's pretty important. Um... Yeah, i got a couple other questions that, that I don't want to throw at you guys. You know, one's about, um, you know, is there classified stuff in, in this board process? You, you, you know, how do we navigate that?
2: Yes. Uh, so, sir, we do have classified documents that are seen uh, by the board members as well as controlled candidates. So uh, we currently uh, do use a system. It's the Army Selection Board System, or ASBS. We have a Nipper version and then we have a zipper version. And both versions are available at each voter's workstation. When they are prompted to go to the classified side, they are able to switch over to view those files for the candidates that those are applicable to. And then they simply cast their vote in the Nipper version uh, of the system. So those votes are still captured digitally. Um, So, we do have several other agencies within Human Resource Command that we coordinate with to make sure that classified evaluations all make it over to ASBS SIPR, and we will cross-check to make sure that everything that is supposed to be there has in fact made it. And that's part of our pre-board process where we do a handoff checklist just to validate this is what we're tracking, is that the same thing you're tracking? Do we have everything that we are supposed to have for these candidates? It is important to note as well that in the boardroom, when we have classified uh, documents being fit, being seen, personal electronic devices are not authorized in the room. Uh, even when we are showing unclassified, they are still, although authorized, generally discouraged because they can be a distraction, and I think that one of the myths that tends to be out there is that people might share information or, you know, find some way to take photos or uh, what have you, but that none of that happens. The same rules apply uh, for SIPR in the DA Secretariat as would apply elsewhere in the Army.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know I left my phone outside the boardroom <laughs> when entering, you, you know, not, not allowed. Um, but no, that's good to know. So, right, if you have some sort of classified paper, um, that's going to make it into your board. Um, You know, so I think that's good for folks to know, you know, out in the field. Uh, Let's circle up with with adverse. And I know we're we're really going to move forward with a little bit of messaging on how the adverse process is working, specifically tied to the boards um, in future months. Um, So we'll end up having a TAG sends that lays a lot of this out and then where we're moving on, how do we update officers and others that are involved in the in the process? Um, we're, we're really reworking that a little bit here at HRC as we focus on customer service um, and, and really pushing how we interact with, with folks in the Army. But can you talk a little bit about adverse in the boards?
1: Uh, yes, sir. So again, it goes back to that uh, base document that'll notify the officer, and that's the Milper. The MILPER will contain information about what type of adverse information is going to be shown to the board. And the guiding principle behind what is going to be shown is found in law. So NDA 20 and then 21 uh, directed that adverse information will be included as part of the promotions process as a whole. But adverse information isn't new to the Army. The Army has been doing post-board adverse screening since 2015. Uh, it's just now where in the promotions process that it's going to be seen. So now uh, it'll be shown to the board for those officers, active component, major and above, and then reserve component, colonel and above, the board will have access to permanently filed adverse information, so things in your performance folder, things in your restricted folder, of the AMHER, as well as substantiated uh, completed investigations from the reporting agency, JAG, EO, CID, and IG, uh, will be encapsulated and summarized for the board's view. Uh, all other boards, so we're talking lieutenant colonel and below reserve component, or captain and below active component, if the, if a board is uh, convened, we'll only see those things permanently found in the performance folder, uh, and then the rest would be caught up in a post board screen.
0: Yeah, no, I think that was pretty succ- uh, succinct in the way that you explained that. Um, but for folks that are listening uh, or watching, it. We're really going to lay this out pretty holistically uh, in, a, in a, a, you know, a, a upcoming tag sends, and then we're we're going to end up doing a, I won't say town hall, but we'll do an LPD similar to the board process to kind of highlight how this this works and what goes in, what goes out, and, you know, because I know there's there's a lot of um, there's just a lot of questions about exactly. that from from officers. Um, the key i think number one key right you get this milper message your my board file opens you get to see what's in that board file yes sir you know and for me that's the most important thing is that the officer has an opportunity to see what that is and then they get the opportunity to provide some comments um if they so choose right so so for me that's one big big control mechanism um, that, a, that an officer kind of has in play. They understand what's in there, um, and then they have an opportunity to comment. Um, the, the other thing I would say is that, um, the, you know, this process has been going on for a little while, um, and, and, you know, f- folks just need to know it's, it's not going away, right? Sure. So the law dictates that we're doing certain things. We have some policy that dictates that we're doing certain things, uh, in, you know, based on adverse um, and th- that's really not going away. So uh, we'll, we're going to take a, a good shot at, at publicizing this uh, a little bit better and doing LPDs to really educate. Um, I think we owe that to the Army and we're going to do that. Um, and obviously you're going to help, right? Because you know, you're in the boardroom and you know, you know how this works. And, you know, who better to kind of talk this process than you that, that, that's, uh, that's working it on the front lines. Um, so anyway, so I think we're, we're at the close today. But, you know, any parting shots, Becky? Got to say something.
2: <laughs> no, uh, I, I think it was it was mentioned several times uh, and I think that it, it is probably worth mentioning just one one more time the importance of thoroughly reading the MILPERS when they come out to know what is going to be seen, what the expectations yeah. are, and what the dates on the calendar are and, and what they're for. Um, because not every MILPER is going to be the same. It's not going to be cookie cutter from one year to the next. There are going to be changes with you know, the NDAA, different requirements, updates to policy. Um, so it, it, really, it really is incumbent on the soldier to take a look, and if they don't understand something in the MILPER, to reach out and ask for an assist in, in reading and understanding what the expectations are.
0: Yeah, you know, tag tip of the day, you know, as a S1 or a G1, I would I would capture all those milpers coming out, have the team kind of coalesce them, make sure they're out to everybody who is eligible based on those parameters in the milper, and then, you know, we would we would um, we track who was actually getting into those my board files, um, just because that, I think that's part of the the role of the HR. Uh, professional out in the field helping helping the force kind of understand what's in play and then how they prep properly to To put their best foot forward into a board sure. John, what do you got?
1: Uh, Mine falls similar into that but an officer or an officer and an NCO really any soldier in the army has access to their eye perms yeah. and making sure whether you're going to a board tomorrow or your first look is four years from now making sure those things, which should be in your file, are in your file. And if you have errors in your file, it's a lot easier to try and work that when you're not worried about your next promotion than trying to do it and make sure your thing's ready for a board and you realize your transcripts is ineligible. Uh, you can't read it. Yeah. Um, getting that stuff fixed now, then when your My Board file opens, you're like, yep, everything's set, certified, done.
0: Yeah. It's hard to buy Christmas presents, though, in June, right? Right, John? So sometimes we just got to nudge folks. Um, But, you know, hey, a couple of plugs here again, and those were great points um, by both of you. Um, We we got a lot of social media stuff out there. There's a MyBoard Facebook page, um, and we are posting kind of reminders and things on that Facebook page. We are doing that on the tag page as well. And there's a little bit on the HRC Facebook mm-hmm. page. So there's three kind of avenues that, that soldiers can, can kind of follow and, and get some, some upfront, you know, uh, feedback uh, on what's coming next. Um, and if you're not kind of following S1net, that's, you know, another mm-hmm. you know, trick of the trade for me. It's like, you know, just always looking at S1net and the emails that go out because almost every Milper that's published, right, is published. Sure. Uh, at least, also through S1Net, um, so it gives you a, a leg up on understanding. Hey, what dropped in the last couple of days, or whatever, even the, the day prior um, to that email. Um, but hey, I really appreciate you, you jumping on Tag Talks today, and, and uh, looking forward to continuing to work with you down in the boardroom. And for the audience, um, yeah, there's more to come. Um, we we have uh, quite quite a few Tag Talks. Planned over the next uh, six months, so uh, look forward to, to engaging with you uh, via that medium. But then also, you know, follow us on Facebook, and you'll get a lot more information as, as we publish it. So, uh, thanks much, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Awesome.